Hello, I'm Sean Finnegan, and you are listening to Restitutio, a podcast to get you thinking about biblical and historical Christianity, to challenge you to follow Christ, and to inspire you to lead a consecrated life. Today on Restitutio, we are beginning a series of shows on the work of Kingdom Life Ministries and the visionary who began the work there. Maurice Chihilu. A few weeks ago, I went to Africa to visit Maurice and see a number of the churches there. I was part of a team of missionaries who were going over to support the work that is happening over there. On my last day there, I asked the team for their impressions of what it was like. Hi, my name is Lacey Dunn. They've been very welcoming, very warm, which I did expect them to be very warm and welcoming, but it's very humbling how warm and welcoming they are. My name is Linda Carlbloom. And this is my first year to come to Kenya, and I'm super stoked to be here. I've seen things that I've only seen in magazines and pictures and slides of other people's trips before. I'm glad I'm getting to see them with my own eyes this time, instead of experiencing something through someone else's experience. Um, What's inspired me about being here? There's been a few things. Um, One thing is the level of worship that goes on um, that we saw today, um, that blew me away. I mean, even though I was expecting that, to actually experience it is a whole different ballgame. Just to see that it's not a performance they're putting on, it's, it is heartfelt worship. I mean, I saw some tears and I saw people, I mean, worshiping with their whole being today. And I thought that was pretty cool to see. Yes, my name is Rowland Carl Blum, and I and the husband to Linda, who just shared. I love coming to Africa. Um, When God spoke to my heart three years ago um, that I needed to be open to this and not think about not being around my work, my business, my job, and just letting that go and uh, letting God take care of that and coming out here. I've never looking back it's just been amazing it's just incredible to see the how the people here worship uh like linda shared they they worship with their whole being and they when they are here in the services they're so attentive and uh the songs that they worship with they jump and i mean in america we're so reserved and stoic so to speak uh, even in the churches where we do celebrate a lot, it's just the level here is just so much more incredible. Their whole being is into it. And you do see that they are truly focused on God and trying to learn everything they can. And uh, it's, it's just amazing. Okay, I'm Rebecca Martin. Uh, Joe and I have been to Kenya I don't know, probably probably seven or eight times. Rebecca Martin coordinates the logistics, health concerns, and much of the financials for these missionary trips. When we first came, we didn't know any of the people we know now. So uh, it's been a good experience seeing the growth happen all over this part of Kenya. I think the thing that has inspired me most about this trip was the service that we had today. It was so meaningful and so uplifting and I just felt like I felt God's presence there it was it was a great service beautiful singing and like the others have said people were just worshiping with their whole bodies just praising God and not caring about themselves not thinking what's going on they are really just truly giving 
true worship to God. Even if the people in the churches we visited were brimming with joy during worship and attentive during the sermons, they lived in incredibly poor conditions. Linda explains. When we were working with the kids, we had a little prayer time, and I asked them if they had things that they wanted us to pray for. And the answers that they gave were not what I have ever heard, I don't think, in the United States. The answers they gave were things like food and shelter and what were some of the others? The um, strength and energy and um, life. They wanted us to pray for life. And I thought, those are profound (laughs) requests coming from small children. You know, we take so much for granted with what we have and the way we do things in the United States that I saw things from a whole different perspective through their eyes as to what they pray for and what they need. It was just a whole different picture than what I've seen other kids ask for in, you know, my world. Well, my name's uh, Maurice Chahilu, and uh, I am the overseer. Majority of our people are poor. The few who are working are in towns, and rarely they send back money home. This ministry is centered more in the rural area. We are not in urban areas where majority of our congregations are working. Most of our housewives, just uh, peasant farmers and people who have no either monthly or daily income. And so those challenges are there. They are a bitter reality that we confront every day. We will return to the subject of poverty and what Bishop Maurice is doing to help his people in our next episode. But one of the striking characteristics of the churches we visited was how multi-generational they are. Here's Rollin. To see that the kids, they have scripture verses they've learned, they know, they love to share with us. You see the, the richness of the faith in the parents' faces and in their beings, and you actually see that in so many of the kids also. They just love to be at the church, love to be being together and learning and growing, and um, it's, it's amazing. Hi, I'm Joe Martin, and uh, this is our seventh or eighth trip to Kenya, but we've been to Africa maybe 20 times or more. Joe Martin, Rebecca's husband, is the lead preacher on these missionary trips, and even if he sounds a little low-key here in this in this recording, let me tell you, he can turn it up when the time calls for it. This has been a very moving time to be here. From an American perspective, we have so much, and they have not quite so much. Kenya is not as bad as Uganda or Mozambique, but Kenya still is a... In the villages, it's poor. You're standing on toilets that are just holes in the ground and things like that. No running water, basically. Generally, in the villages, no electricity. But it's just inspiring to see them come together based on the Word of God. Another thing that I've really enjoyed is the messages. Here's Rebecca again. The messages from our team and from... I think Maurice is the main leader that has given given messages, and I think they've been inspiring. A lot of them are just gut level and making you want to change your life. 
And you can see in the people's eyes as they're listening to the messages, they are really listening. They're taking it to heart. The, the one service when we, where we went where there were a lot of people that came forward for baptism, that was unexpected to me. I was really, really surprised because we had such a short service there. Now that you have some sense of what it's like over there, let's talk about Maurice. Have you ever been in a situation, maybe buying something from a salesman, where you weren't sure if you could trust someone? As a skeptical New Yorker in a foreign place, in Africa, I was honestly incredibly delighted to see how Maurice carried himself in his own context. Here's a little of what the team thought. Um, I'm very impressed with Maurice. I think Maurice does a great job in leadership. Um, He's one of the ones that I'm really impressed with that he does want to be replaceable. He doesn't expect himself to be the be-all of everything. Um, he wants others to follow in his footsteps, and you can see that in his leadership. He speaks very passionately. He's very respected. I, I love the the vision that Maurice has, I, but beyond that, you see a lot of that in the U.S. We, we talk about it in our churches, but his vision, he moves on. He sits down and thinks about what steps can we take to accomplish this vision and then moves on them. And if something doesn't work, then he tries something else. I've been here three years. I've kind of seen him go through some processes. And it's just incredible. The energy that it takes, the time that it takes, uh, the heart and, and commitment is just all there. And it's, it's a blessing. It's, it's just a blessing to be a part of that. He's a very humble man, even though he's a man who is exalted by so many people around him. And that doesn't seem to go to his head. I've also been inspired by Maurice's leadership. I think that he is doing an incredible job. And I really enjoy seeing his vision for what can happen and how he's going to strategically make that happen with God's help. So who is Maurice Chihilu? What is his story? Where did he come from? What's the story of the work there? As it turns out, I even had a part to play in his spiritual development through some internet communications. However, just getting access to the internet in a place like rural western Kenya is expensive because they don't have wired connections like we do. And all data, this is unbelievable, all data is metered and accessed through cell towers. So here's a bit of his story. I was a regular Christian growing up serving God fervently. And uh, I had a spiritual mentor who had been bringing me up in the things of the Lord since I came to learn about matters salvation. We had local fellowships I would attend and grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. Up till the time when I finished my college education and uh, I had a family by then and uh, it took me pretty some time to get a job but later on I got a job. I'm uh, a banker by profession. I trained in banking and financial services in one of the most prestigious schools in Kenya as Kenya School of Monetary Studies. So I graduated with a diploma in banking and financial services and customer care. I've studied a lot of fields in that. So in short, I'm a banker by profession. So I was working as a banker. And so that's where I got access to a lot of internet connectivity. 
and enabled me time to study around some of the things that I was getting interested in because my mentor spiritually then had introduced me to the kingdom of God and so with that desire in my heart I was studying around specifically the kingdom of God in the course of my studies I came across some contact persons one of them was Sean Finnegan of Living Hope International I love the story I didn't know the story of how you got connected with Maurice and all that, and to see how you've been able to help mentor him and help him learn and present scriptures to him, and that he's taken those and seriously looked at the scriptures and come to find this truth and this faith to be real and in him, and and that how God has worked. Has it been like 10 years from the beginning? Eight years from the beginning, and to see the growth and what's happened in that amount of time to the level where uh, his understanding and and oh, his love for God and love for the truth. We shared a lot and discussed a lot about the kingdom of God. I asked him a number of questions, sought for clarification on issues here and there, because by then I didn't know there existed other people who have been accessed to this truth for far too long. But uh, up till that time is when I realized I'm not alone because I was having questions. I was thinking, who can I ask? Is there anybody that is convinced as I am? I was looking like a lost ship. I would talk about things and many people would not understand me. And so I would wonder now, who can be my partner in this newfound truth? So when I got in touch with Sean, I was so excited because I realized he was not the only one. There were many people that were convicted likewise. So uh, Sean sent me some materials, uh, study CDs. I listened to audio CDs and some books. One of the most profound books that impacted my life, which I received from Sean, was uh, the book by Anthony Buzzard, which is titled uh, What You Never Learned in Church. Technically, that's just the subtitle. The full title is The Amazing Aims and Claims of Jesus... Subtitle, What You Didn't Learn in Church. That was the first to ever hear so much insight at a go. And most of the things addressed the concerns that I had by then. And uh, I got strengthened and encouraged and uh, really determined to take this thing deeper. My convictions to build up a team along this truth grew more and more after these assurances from the CDs I got, I remember one of them was talking about kingdom objections, as in the questions people ask based on how they have been brought up in religion and uh, in areas where they find this truth uh, trying to kind of conflict with their, their position of understanding. So those questions were well answered in those audio CDs and they were a blessing to me. What separates Maurice from so many of the other contacts I've had over the years was his genuine desire to know truth. So often, any emails I get through our website, Living Hope International Ministries, through Third World Nations, are usually just asking for money. Maurice wasn't like that. In fact, I never did give him any money. He had real questions that indicated he was actually studying the books, tracks, and CDs that I had sent him. Maurice has carried this passion for truth forward in his training of others. Here's Joe Martin again. 
It's just inspiring to see them come together based on the Word of God. And we talk about God is one and Swahili is Wanamungu Moja, the Lord God is one, and Yesu Christu Mwanawamungu, Jesus the Son of God. And so they they really have gotten into it. And I like the way not only did were the pastors and assistant pastors recognized today. There were what, twelve or thirteen pastors and assistant then they added the assistant pastors into that and then they had the biblical students that different ones have been teaching and especially maurice start talking about how they came to understand the biblical perspective of death of resurrection of the oneness of god of the sonship of jesus and the life as a christian so i was just basically amazed at what went on today but even if Maurice was starting to become convinced of God's oneness and the kingdom instead of heaven as our destination, along with some other truths, he was bound to start facing difficulties. As I began to share some of the convictions I was receiving from my studies back in my local fellowship, it could not receive good audience by then. It was not received well by the pastors and the many of the brethren I was serving with. However, I kept on sharing with them at every slightest opportunity I got. It came a time whereby I began to feel like there was uh, some need for realignment and uh, some sense of focusing more on the new discoveries I had made. So I began study groups in my house. We would work together as a local church at home, but I would have students and disciples who would come for uh, deeper studies of the word. I was doing all this while I'm still working. Yeah, I didn't leave my job yet, but when the number of disciples began to grow, those who are interested in the truth that I was sharing about the kingdom of God, the one God, and many other precious truths we hold in common, I felt it was time to launch deeper. And so in the year 20. 11 after my annual leave I took some time off to pray and prayed and prayed and uh, God it made it very clear to me on the steps I was supposed to take this no doubt was a very difficult transition for Maurice he had started his own home study group and had severed from his home church and I'm sure he began to feel like he was all alone but the truth is he was not alone and I was able to put him in touch with Joe and Rebecca Martin, who also has some other contacts in Kenya, chief among them, James Naguta. Through Sean Olson, I realized that he was in touch with, with the other people, key among them, Rebecca and Joe, who are also partners in this truth. And at the time we were making contact, they had already had some contacts in Kenya a few years back. And so it was not a new thing or a new introduction for Sean. He already knew some people in Kenya who had made contact through our other partners, Rebecca and Joe. And uh, he went straight ahead and introduced me to them. And also he introduced me to Jojo Wato and James Nyagute, whom he knew by then. He sent them my contacts and I was 
called by James and he told me that he received uh my information from Sean so that's when now Sean linked the two of us James visited me and uh, we did a meeting together because by that time I had begun a study group and we were moving on so well I had actually even left the church I was serving with and I decided to focus on this study group we had not yet launched ourselves as a church but we were just sharing and studying and meeting every day in the house every sunday we would invite people and we would share these truths so one of the key scriptures that came into my heart was Matthew 24 and verse 14 that says this kingdom message will be preached in all the world for a witness and then the end will come so we began a fellowship in the name of kingdom life ministries international backed up by that scripture our main agenda was to declare the kingdom of god and till to date that has remained our rallying cry kingdom life ministries kenya declaring god's kingdom so any other thing we talk about is inside the kingdom of god so after we made contact with james uh after one or two years down the line rebecca and, and joe came over to the southern part of kenya and brother james brought them over to the northern part of kenya to meet me and the other brethren we had been sharing and studying together and uh, at that point we were just a single simple group meeting in a house not identifiable with any church or any name so dr joe told me in my house that they wanted to form a board that would oversee uh, some organized work in kenya and that would enable them to flag off officially some kind of denomination or a work church related work in this nation and they told me that they were considering to having me on that board as a member i told them no problem and uh, when they went back we continued with the, with the activities of fellowship and meeting more emboldened now discovering that we are a big family and uh, the truth we had learned from the visiting team helped reinforce our position on some of the matters we were having issues with so from there the ministry was registered that was in 2013 yeah the ministry was registered in 2015 but the discussions took place in 2013 2015 we officially registered the ministry with the government of Kenya and then since then we have committed ourselves to preaching the gospel and because of uh, administrative purposes we divided the work in Kenya into two regions the southern region which is headed by brother James uh, on uh, James Nyagute and brother Amos Anyanga who had previously made contact with Joe and then I'm in charge of the northern region with the many groups that we have been overseeing and opening up and uh, uh, initiating as we study the truth together so so far that is how briefly this work was constituted and we are all answerable to Church of God Abrahamic Faith or Church of God General Conference and also Bible College Atlanta Bible College and we are working together also with the partnership with LHI the missions agency and they are helping us to strengthen the work in Kenya get it established helping pastors in a few areas here and there as we carry on the message of the kingdom of God yep well since that time 
Maurice has tirelessly preached and organized study groups and built churches. Before long, he came to see that he needed a central building from which he could train up people and send them out. Rollin was there when this building was just an idea. Here's his perspective. There was the vision for a headquarters here in Africa for Church of God of the Abrahamic Faith. And it's actually happened. We talked about that a couple of years ago. We met with the architect last year. Here we have a building, and it is being used for God and by God to bring the truth and the gospel to people. It's changing lives. Just that morning, we had attended the official dedication of the headquarter building, and Maurice had gotten a number of trees, totally spontaneously, one for each member of the team to plant. I don't know if I've ever seen Joe so moved at a ceremony as he was at that dedication. Really, the tree planting thing, for the, for the audience's sake, they bought like seven or eight trees, and this is the first time the building has ever been used publicly as a conference. You know, they've already had meetings, but they haven't had a conference. And so we, we planted trees as you would plant a mustard seed tree, in the hopes that it would grow up and be a testimony to the kingdom of God. That was pretty moving, especially since I had just studied, and they shall know that I am the Lord. The Egyptians will know, Pharaoh will know, Moses will know, Egypt will know, Moab will know, Ammon will know, Philistines will know. And then the last one in the succession of they shall know is, the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. So when we planted trees, to me it was a symbol of recognizing who God is, who Jesus is, and things like that. It's, it was so beautiful. And then two years ago we drew a little sketch on a notepad. Okay, this is kind of what we'd like something to be with the possibility of having a, a Bible college extension here. And then as Rollins said, we had last year we met with the architect. I had a few shillings in my pocket almost a down payment I'm like okay here's your here's your down payment buddy let's get on with the project and uh, and this year we met in the ground floor of the building which is the main auditorium and and everything else so it was very moving very moving the headquarter in Kenya has been a big miracle for us truly I must appreciate every one of our brothers and sisters who has sacrificed and contributed from America and uh, from every part of the world that put his coin and penny into this work. It began as a dream when we were pursuing the kingdom of God, the teaching of the word, and uh, it generated a need for a, a a more structured, centralized, organized, spacious uh, facility that could could provide one-stop shop services for both the local church and our international brothers and sisters. Because now we have adapted our June meeting to be our annual event. So, if Jesus starts to come and God giving us health, we are and we are guaranteed our missionaries will be coming in every year. And so they spend so much money in hotels, on meals, in boarding, in travel, and so many things here and there. And so we thought, what if we have a home far away from home? Our local members and students coming from afar 
to attend meetings and conferences. When they come in, we have had to borrow uh, spaces from neighbors to facilitate boarding facilities for them. We have had to borrow blankets, mattresses, and space for them to sleep. And you cannot keep doing that year in, year out, year in, year out. So we thought of, let's build a training center that can be used, one, as a church auditorium for services. We use it as a community center where we can reach our community and our target audience. So it facilitates those kind of meetings, Sunday gatherings, midweek services, trainings, and all that. Number two, it is not just a church auditorium. We thought of incorporating in some other additional utilities like a kitchen where we need to make food for people to eat. We need to have guest rooms there where people can be sleeping when they come for meetings. Those guest rooms require beddings, they require beds, they require facilities like toilets, washrooms, good ones that are modern and up to standard. We require water because it's now like a huge building that needs to be to be serviced with the water. We need plenty supply of water to that effect. And so uh, we are so much privileged to see that uh, uh, there was a gracious response from our brothers and sisters in America when Dr. Joe uh, requested for uh, a church builder's appeal. We were overwhelmed by the response and that which came in has helped us to bring that work to the level it is on now. And we are seeing the work attracting many other people around the community. Those who are still doubting our existence in the area have now made up their minds that we are there to stay. The headquarter building is a miracle in the village of Maturu and is an iconic building that is built for posterity. We are not only taking pride in it as a building, but we know it, its presence there has impacted our efforts greatly and positively. Because now it is a witness in itself in the spreading of this truth. Many people come there because they like a good facility, a good building that they can worship with the good lighting, clean building, and we are offering that to them. So... Uh, the local fellowship and all our local churches greatly appreciate that building. We have done one floor, that's the ground floor or the first floor, almost to the finish on the inside. But we are left with a few touches on the outside for finishing, like uh, final touches on the finishing of the exterior part. And then two, we are still lacking the continuation funds to finish up the guest rooms and the offices we need because it's a head office we need the secretary's office we need the pastor's office we have five pastors at the head office we need uh we need the bishop's office and then of course we have thought of having a, a recording room where we can be capturing our messages because in the future you never can tell sometimes we have such precious truths that need to be captured live when they're being delivered then they can be kept for reference purposes for those with students they can be learning from those messages and then they can help inspire others to study and learn and then of course it can also be an opening for us to spread the truth to other people 
beyond our reach if we can do audio messages we can do cds we can send them to people whom we may never be able to reach and then they can be able to listen to the gospel even when we are not there just because there was plan to have the message recorded and then made available to would be listeners or hearers so we intend to put up a live recording studio there that can be capturing our 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 teachings and recording them purposely not specifically for any other thing but just for li- our library we are trusting god that the building also will provide and serve as a classroom a classroom for for uh, uh, our bible students our bible college and uh, most of them will be gathering in from various churches across the nation we have a vision to even incorporate in the entire african nations uganda and Malawi, Burundi, Tanzania, wherever our brothers and sisters are scattered, they can easily access this headquarters if it is well established. It can be a hub of greater information for most of our African brothers and then it can be a big resource. So, uh, we have done one floor and it's already serving us well. We thank God, but there is need to complete it up uh, so that it's able to serve the full intention that we had in mind how many floors do you envision we had envisioned the the ground floor first floor and second floor yeah if god would allow us to do that this the 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 first floor was basically an extension of the ground floor because we realized we have little land and having little land means in the future as you grow you may find that you have uh multiplied and you need an extra space so instead of looking for extra land we thought we could do an extra balcony area or a gallery that could accommodate people on top who would still follow live proceedings on the ground floor so we had that in mind and uh after that is when we would do the final floor which is the second floor that would host the guest rooms the kitchen the boardroom the pastor's offices the secretary's office the recording studio and the bishop's office and then of course modern washrooms we haven't been able to do that yet and uh, it all depends on availability of funds and funding and uh, in our recent discussions with dr joe he expressed concern that maybe there wouldn't be enough funds for that So actually we were considering the possibilities of uh sealing up that open area that would allow access to the first floor so that we just concentrate on the ground floor and then if we have the top area sealed the open area sealed we could now put the f- uh, second floor on that slab and just do ground floor and first floor the reason being uh, the guarantee of funding availability of funding to complete that wouldn't be so sure and so we are still at that but uh, in our recent and last discussions we had agreed we are the recipients we don't determine how much comes in or what is available so we cannot dictate anything we cannot call any shot we will depend solely on the provision that's available we will we are willing and are ready to adjust our our projections on that building to suit within the budgets that will be available for that because we know and appreciate they are all willing donors and 
partners we cannot say that we need this much money but whatever comes in we are willing to uh, adjust our programs to fit within that and dr joe pledged and committed to help us um, look for funds to be able to complete that floor if possible from next year and we wait on god to see what comes in well, that's it for today. I've got a lot more material, and instead of going on for a super long episode, I thought I'd break it into a couple or three different episodes. I just want to say thanks so much to Maurice Chahilu, to Lacey Dunn, to Rollin and Linda Carlblom, and to Joe and Rebecca Martin for these recordings. Really appreciate your willingness to share your insights as well as your passion to get this word out. As far as getting in touch with any of these folks, I've got links in the show notes for this episode. Uh, You can get in touch with the Lord's Harvest International, which is the missionary wing of the Church of God General Conference that is coordinating and supervising the missionary work, uh, the sending of missionaries over to Kenya and to several other African countries as well. And if you would like to give a gift, you can send in a check to them, to LHI, and and that's tax deductible, and and then you would just indicate on there that you want to support the work in Kenya, and they will apply that accordingly. Also, if you would like to get in touch with Joe and Rebecca, I've got links to other episodes where I've interviewed them on on this show. In fact, we did an interview about the whole history of their work over the not over the last just seven or eight years, but over the last 20 years in Africa, as well as another interview with Joe when he was stepping down from the, the executive director position of the Church of God General Conference. So you can check those out at interviews 10 and 11 and uh, get in touch with the Martins via email. I've got their email in the show notes. And last of all, I've got in the email for Maurice Chihilu himself, in the show notes for this episode, it is it is mchahilu at yahoo.com. That's M as in Maurice, C-H-A-H-I-L-U at yahoo.com. You can email him and see and find out more information directly from him. He's also on Facebook where you can get in touch with him. If you would like to add any comments or ask any questions on this episode, you can come on to restitutio.org and search for interview 57 and leave a comment underneath the the posting for this episode. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Stay tuned next week for part two. And remember, the truth has nothing to fear.